Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with Alyssa Warren, who after a career in marketing, decided to pursue an MBA at IE in Spain. Today, she's working in digital marketing for a company that needs little introduction, Microsoft. So welcome to the Modern MBA podcast. Would you please introduce yourself, your name, where you're from, and where you did your MBA? Sure. So my name is Alyssa Warren. Um, I'm from Perth, Western Australia. I was actually born in Singapore, but migrated to Australia when I was 15. Um, And I did my MBA at IE Business School in Madrid, Spain. So you're currently working in digital marketing for Microsoft following your MBA, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But can you tell us about your earlier career leading up to your MBA? Yeah, of course. So I graduated from my undergrad degree in communications. um, And after graduating, I got a job as a business writer for a business intelligence firm. And after about a year, I moved to the marketing side of things where I was mainly responsible for media relations in New Zealand. Um, So that was really interesting and my first sort of foray into marketing. And then I After that, I had a brief stint at a PR agency, public relations agency, and then I also worked in B2B marketing for an Australian telco, and then after that, a French engineering software company, um, which specialized in 3D software, and I also did marketing for, for that company, and it was really in this role that I decided to, I guess, pursue my MBA. Um, I think I started researching schools and applying in early 2017 before I actually started my MBA in about September 2018. Brilliant. And then what was it that really was the catalyst to decide to do the MBA? Yeah, so I really wanted to, um, I guess, accelerate and pivot my career more away from marketing to something um, that was a bit more commercial and business oriented. Um, because I had always worked in marketing and related fields like PR, I was really, um, I felt really ready for a new challenge. Um, and and also technology and product management in particular was an area of interest for me. So I wanted to focus on the convergence of software and business to um, create great products for people and really um, focus on, on improving the way that people live and work. Um, and I guess my career had also shown me the importance of the customer experience. So I was in my previous job at um, this 3D engineering company called Dasso Systems. Um, I was constantly meeting customers in the field um, because I was responsible for the Asia Pacific region. So I was meeting, you know, users at user conferences and I was talking to them about what they were looking for and how we could meet their needs. So that was really, I think, the catalyst at the time that made me decide to pursue my MBA to, to really get closer to the customer as well. And so then you chose to study at IE in Spain. There's so many programs all over the world. You're from Australia um, and, you know, lived in Singapore. From from Singapore, lived in Australia, and uh, now you're in the UK. What made you decide to select this particular program? 
I really did a lot of research before I decided to um, go with IE Business School. So I initially applied for four business schools and was accepted by all four. And to be honest, it was a really difficult decision um, because at the end of the day, I was um, deciding between two in particular. Um, but eventually I chose IE because of its focus on entrepreneurial thinking and um, practical courses that was really um, suitable for finding a job in the real world. So all the courses and um, the different types of projects that we worked on were very much very practical and very real world focused. Um, So I I really chose a school that would allow me to sort of think intrapreneurially Um, if you're familiar with that term, which is pretty much like running your own startup, but within a corporate environment. So yeah, so IE had a startup lab and a venture lab, and these things were um, reflective of that. So they kind of provide like a testing ground for you to develop new ideas and launch your business. So that was quite a a large draw for me. Um, But also uh, IE had a one-year program, Um, and a lot of the other programs I looked at were rather long. They were more than 12 months. They were about, you know, anywhere between 16 months and two years. And I was in a position where I could only take a year off from the workforce. Um, and I was looking for a one-year program in, in particular. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think definitely, I mean, the one-year program, I think the time, you know, does make a difference, but also the, I, that, that piece about it being practical and really applicable to real world life, you know, to life. Because I think when you go on a course that's very theoretical, that's great. You learn lots of theory, but it needs to be able to be applied. Otherwise, what's what's the point? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the location of the business school played um, a, a big factor as well. I mean, it was Madrid, it was in Spain. I um, had always wanted to live in, in Spain um, and learn a different language and, and be immersed in a completely different culture. So th- I think that for me was um, a definite uh, another draw card as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't mind living in Spain for a year too. <laughs> Did you pick up Spanish when you were there? Yes, I did. In fact, so I moved there with with my husband, and both of us um, studied Spanish for four months before we um, landed in Madrid. Oh, that's fabulous! Cool. So then, can you tell us a bit more about your experience during the course? Your most enjoyable parts, most challenging parts, anything else you want to want to add to that too? Yeah, sure. So. I I guess I mentioned before that IE has a very strong startup culture and practical focus. Um, So that was um, played a huge role in in shaping my experience during the course. Uh, For instance, at the time, I didn't realize I realized that we didn't have an international case competition, whereas a lot of other business schools did. So I guess I took the initiative to contact a couple of people and co-organize the first case competition that was hosted and created by IE. Um, And so that in itself, I guess, is reflective of that startup mentality where, you know, something doesn't exist, but you can create it and the administration is supportive of that. So we got buy-in from the management team at IE and we even got sponsors, um, you know, to sponsor the competition from um, Sephora and, and other companies like AB and Bev. So it was a really um, valuable experience. 
And um, actually also one of my, you know, dreams at the time was to write a case study um, because we had studied so many of them in class and, you know, I really wanted to, to, to write one. And, and through this um, case competition, I was able to do that. So I wrote the case study on Sephora's, um, you know, digitalization um, of their of their e-commerce business um, and their on-premise business as well. And that was used as the main challenge for the case competition. That's amazing. That's really impressive. Um, and I guess what was your... What, what, why did you, what made you love case studies so much that you wanted to write one? What was that? Where was that? Where did that come from? Uh, that's a good question. I think because I started my career as a business writer and I've always liked writing. So it was always sort of in me um, to, to want to, to write. Um, I wrote mostly fiction when I was younger, but I think then seeing um, these different businesses come to life in the classroom, in the MBA classroom, and I guess having a case study means that um, you know that the business will be discussed in detail and length with 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 um, classmates debating different points of view. And I just really, I guess, felt that um, I wanted to write something that would spark conversation and opinions like that as well. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really amazing. And have the, has IE continued the case study challenge since? I think it is in its second year now, um, but I'm not sure if um, like what the details, like who the sponsors are or anything like that, but I'm quite sure that um, it's continued into the second year because they've got, they've updated the website. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to, to see that it's, it's continued. I'm not sure if it will continue for, for longer than that, but um, yeah, that's, that's all I know so far. So then you moved from Australia to, to study in Spain and now you're in the UK for your new role. How have you found the relocation process, you know, hopping about, especially with the family? And what do you think your international experiences have taught you? I felt that relocating to Spain was relatively smooth, you know, apart from um, my passport with my visa, my Spanish visa in it arriving much, much later than expected. Um, but apart from that, there was, I guess, a, a cultural element to, to living in Spain too, obviously. Um, so my husband and I had actually taken four months of Spanish lessons before we moved because we wanted to, you know, fully immerse ourselves in that, in that experience. Um, you know, even though everyone at the business school spoke English, I felt that it was important to, you know, be part of the city, be part of the, what the, um, uh, the, the, the culture there was. So we definitely wanted to get to a conversational language um, level in Spanish. Um, and of course, I think understanding the European mindset and sort of adapting to the way that they work and socialize was a little bit different um, because I guess in Spain, especially everything happens later, you know, dinner at, at 10 PM was normal. Um, and in fact, most social events that occurred at the, at the business school um, started quite late and went into, you know, the wee hours of the morning. So that took a lot of getting used to, I think. Um, but I felt that moving to the UK was was definitely much easier, um, culturally, of course. But I was going into a completely different work environment. So basically where I had worked before, um, I was really um, used to, uh, the company I worked for before was 
um, in my, was mining software. So we we sold mining software basically. So I was going from that background into big tech. And whereas before my customers were you know geologists and mining engineers, now they they range really from you know developers to um, CTOs and CEOs and CMOs. So I think that um, was probably one of the the biggest changes for me. Um, but in, in terms of what I guess you mentioned earlier, what the these experiences have have taught me, um, I think it's probably um, this sort of willingness to adapt to different things and different ways of thinking. Um, I'd always lived in different countries from a young age, which I, you know, think helped um, with adapting to different environments. I, I also really think it's important to be open-minded. Um, obviously, it's easier said than done, um, particularly if, if you've done things a certain way your whole life. Um, but, you know, I think it's all about just respecting other people's opinions, um, actually wanting to find out, you know, maybe the context for a different opinion and, and why they think that way and be willing to um, to embrace that. Um, but, but of course, I think on the flip side, I think I do get bored easily and I do like variety in um, both my personal and professional life. So, um, yeah, that's, the, I guess, the, the downside of, um, of having these different um, international experiences. I mean, I, I definitely think as an expat, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's you know, the chicken or the egg, if you get bored easily, so then you end up moving. Or because you're an expat and you get used to that lifestyle, then after a while, after being in a place for a certain amount of time, you're thinking, hmm, what will it be like somewhere else? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it could be, could be both. I think so too. Cool. So now you work for Microsoft, one of the world's most famous technology companies and really, you know, a dream company to work for after the MBA. Can you tell us a bit about how you landed there, uh, your current experience to date and the application process as well? Yeah, of course. Um, so it all started when I think Microsoft Spain uh, came on to campus to give a presentation. So they just sort of outlined the career pathways at Microsoft, the roles that were available and um, focused in particular on their MBA program. So Microsoft have a really strong MBA program um, and uh, they, they, they talk through what, what that was like. Um, it's two years, you know, what we would get out of it, um, the type of roles available, what we would learn, the support, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it was then that I um, thought about applying for um, the, the MBA program, the MBA pathway there. And so I applied for it um, a couple of months after that. And um, before I got an interview, I also traveled to London um, for a for an MBA networking event that was actually held at Microsoft. So they often do things like that um, where they um, just invite um, either um, undergraduates or, or um, postgrads uh, to gather at the headquarters for um, networking and some talks, some seminars, just to get to know, um, I guess, the cohort a little bit better. So I went for one of those things. And they talk about different things like quantum computing, you know, different industries and, you know, different people's career at, careers at Microsoft. So that was really great. And I think that sort of helped me, um, that brought me closer to the HR uh, team there. And the other way around, obviously, they got to know me a little bit better. Um, and in terms of the interview process, I had three interviews. 
Um, the first one was just with HR and I had already met the HR um, manager um, at one of the, at the networking events. So that was great. And she mostly talked about, you know, culture fit, why you want to choose, why would you, why would you like to work for Microsoft, why technology, et cetera, et cetera. And that was um, online. And then the second interview I had was a little bit more challenging. It was with a panel of um, senior managers from different areas of the business. Um, and this was in person at um, Microsoft itself in, in Reading, actually, where we have our headquarters. So I had to do a presentation on digital transformation in an industry of my choice. Um, and then fo- that was followed by um, quite a rigorous interview process. And at the stage, I had been um, already been considered for two roles in marketing, even though it was still very broad, very general, and they kept the questions sort of really broadly marketing-based, but not, not role-specific. Um, and then the third interview um, was with the hiring manager, where it was narrowed down from the two roles to the one role. Um, and they basically told me that, Based on my previous interview, they thought I would be a good fit for this particular role in um, the specific one um, in the central marketing organization, specifically digital marketing. So I had that interview with my hiring manager directly as an online interview. That last stage, was it a matter of kind of just the final like, passing the finish line or was it really still another test? Um, I'm not sure if it was a test because at Microsoft, they're really um, keen on Uh, finding the right person for the job so they won't hire anyone if they can't find the right person so they won't just hire you know someone they think that is just okay for the role I think they want to um, make sure that that there's a really good fit so they try and find out a lot about um, the interviewees personality ability skills etc and then they kind of match them against some roles that they think that person would be good for um, instead of me, you know, instead of the applicant applying for a specific role. And I think this is unique to the MBA program and also the undergraduate um, program that we have as well. Um, but, but yeah, they're very keen on just um, making sure that there's that right fit. So you're not applying for a specific role until the very end where that sort of, um, you know, revealed to you um, because they want to make sure that that fit is there. Fabulous. And really the final question is, where do you go from here? You know, you're now in London working for Microsoft. What's your vision for the future look like? Goodness, that is a big question. (laughs) I mean, um, lots of things can change, especially, well, especially recently because I've just had a baby and I'm still actually on maternity leave until the end of the year. Um, but yeah, in terms of plans, um, I, I guess I am, I'm looking for, um, you know, I really enjoy my current role within the business, but you know, a couple years into the future, I probably, um, would be looking for something that would, um, be a step up and, uh, has more to do with, uh, digital, tra- digital transformation and, um, data, um, because for, for many businesses, especially, digital transformation is a huge focus. Um, so becoming more agile, you know, meeting the customer needs while you know, keeping security um, a key focus. 
And I think this is really crucial in the era of remote work or hybrid work, where we're all at home accessing IT systems from our home or having virtual meetings. Um, so I guess I'm really interested in that um, change and that shift in the workforce where we become more flexible with how we work um, and how do we help our customers and businesses adapt to this new normal, I guess. Um, but I'm also really interested in anything to do with um, data and the cloud. Um, you know, how do we organize data? How do we harness data so we can sort of better spot trends? Um, and then how do we build AI systems on top of that so we can, you know, better predict what our customers need and want. So all all, all these different things I um, I guess I'm, I'm looking at as well. So, um, but, but who knows um, what the future will bring? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's all really interesting. And how about as far as location? Do you want to stay in the UK or do you see yourself moving back to Australia or Singapore or somewhere else? Yeah, I think for now we are um, happily settled in the UK. Um, I think we've definitely put down roots just because um, I've had a baby <laughs> and she's, um, you know, growing up here. She'll go to school here. So I think um, we'll be here for, for quite a while, um, a couple of years maybe. And then after that, um, I guess it, it really depends on um, how we feel uh, we might move to a, a different country or, or move back to Australia. But um, yeah, I guess been, for now we're settled here. all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye! Bye!